This is the Dramatic Comedy Podcast. This podcast discusses anything from drama to comedy. Because in life, there's really only two emotions. You're either crying or you're laughing. This podcast is to help you to learn how to turn your drama into comedy. Whether you're going through a dramatic moment and you just need to listen to a good conversation, or whether someone on this podcast might have something to share sometime where they were able to laugh at a dramatic moment they were going through in this life. And that's what the Dramatic Comedy Podcast is all about. Thanks for tuning in. Hope you enjoyed today's episode. All right, here we go. Welcome back. It's another episode of the Dramatic Comedy Podcast. Uh, my name's Chase, host of this podcast. Uh, thank you for listening. If you're a first-time listener, welcome. Hope you enjoy it. If you're a return listener, I'm glad you're coming back to listen. Uh, hopefully you're enjoying it. If you're coming back to listen to it, you know, if this if you're a return listener, I'm glad you're enjoying it. Or maybe it's just ridiculous enough that it makes you laugh Anyway, regard, I don't care why you're listening. Just thank you for listening. And at whatever expense that is, hopefully you've been able to find some joy and laughter within this podcast. Now, before we start today, uh, I am going to go over a couple of PSAs. That might be a thing that starts happening as I observe the world. That if I see a PSA that needs to be announced, I think I'm going to announce it. Now, the first one... Um, pretty public knowledge. I feel like it shouldn't have to be a PSA, but regardless, I'm concerned because I've seen this happening a few times in the last few weeks since I last recorded, and I feel like it needs to be said. And uh, so I'm going to use my platform here to, to give you the PSA. Never, PSA number one, never under any circumstance should you ever wear socks with flip-flops or sandals of any kind. I have seen this. Someone wearing socks with flip-flops. Socks with any sandals are awful, but socks with flip-flops, that's the worst. Do you know why it looks wrong? Because it is wrong. So if you're going to wear flip-flops or sandals of any kind, make sure you trim your toenails, your feet look pretty, because you've got to own that. If you're going to hide your feet, put socks and put shoes on. Because if you don't want to see your feet, trust me, no one else does either. Uh, PSA number two. Also something that probably shouldn't have to be said. But it is something that I've observed. And this does involve the coronavirus. Don't write death threats to people. There is an individual here in Utah who went on a cruise, came back. And them and them spouse had coronavirus. And they got death threats in the mail for bringing it to Utah. First off... They have coronavirus. That is a death threat. That's a death threat from Mother Nature and the universe. That is the world saying, we don't know if we want you to live, but we're watching you. So don't write them a death threat because your little handwritten note and faded pencil dropped anonymously in a mailbox, that's just a dick move. They don't need your death threat. The universe is already giving them one. All right, let's get into today's episode. Today, there is no guest, but there are I, there are some good guests to come up. Couldn't really get the scheduling down, but that's getting worked out. But there are some good guests to come in the episodes to come. Some comedians, uh, a mortician, an ER worker, a member of the LBGTQ community, 
a musician, and a few others coming down the pipe in the future episodes, which I'm excited to talk to them and learn about uh, the role a sense of humor has played in their lives. But today, I just want to reiterate what the Dramatic Comedy Podcast is and what the mission of the podcast is and kind of how it came to be. And the reason I want to do that is because lately I've heard and seen a phrase that I hate, and I've been seeing it almost every day. I see it almost every day online about things that either I have said or things that other people have said. They've said it about things that I've said in past episodes on this. People have said, and they continue to say the four-word sentence that I hate more than anything. People say, quote, that is not funny, unquote. Now, I don't care if they're saying that in a way because something was said, it was boring, or it wasn't funny. I'm saying that just because they don't think it's funny, because they find it offensive, they start to berate and belittle the people who are laughing at it. I hate that phrase because who are we to decide what someone else can or cannot laugh at? Like, yes, there are some things that people do and say that I don't find funny or appropriate, but I would never demean them for having the sense of humor that they do. And yes, I even agree that there are some lines in life that should not be crossed. But just because I don't find it amusing does not mean that I speak for someone else and how someone else chooses to view the world and life events. And the reason I don't is because I'm very well aware that I myself laugh at and joke about some awful things in life that, quote-unquote, should not be funny. I'm not talking about blatant racism. I'm not talking about bullying. Again, that's like writing a death threat to someone who has a life-threatening illness. It's a dick move. But I'm talking about people who try and joke at certain situations and pain that is deemed as inappropriate. We cannot tell them what they can and cannot laugh at. Now let's go back a few years to what I believe ultimately set me down this path that led me to where I am in life and helped inspire this idea that drama can be laughed at and oftentimes should be laughed at. In 2003, it was announced that the 70s and 80s rock bands REO Speedwagon, Styx, and Journey would be going on tour together and on May 28th they would be playing at the Delta Center in Salt Lake City. It's not called the Delta Center anymore, but when I say the Delta Center, you know what I'm talking about. At the time, I was a 16-year-old sophomore in high school trying to deal with a lot going on. And as you remember, high school sucks. High school drama sucks because it's so stupid. But when you're in the middle of it, it's awful. But on top of all that, my mom, outside of high school, was in the hospital suffering from a stroke that was linked back to a blood disorder she'd been battling for the better part of 14 years. So uh, that's what was going on in my life. So when my older sister had bought me tickets to this concert that consisted of a few of my favorite bands, absolutely I felt like that was a much-needed life win. I think my sister sensed that I needed something, so she took it upon herself to get me those tickets. So the day of the concert came, and I was elated. It was a Wednesday. I ended up going to the concert with my cousin Tia instead of my sister, only due to the fact that my sister had started to feel sick. Now, the only thing I will say that was not awesome about the concert is I didn't realize that the kind of connection, when it comes to music that I have, the the connection I have with some very white trash mullet-wearing people... (laughs) 
I drove to that concert driving a 1996 Toyota Corolla. I should have taken a 1983 Trans Am or Pontiac Firebird. Regardless, the music was awesome. The concert was great. And just for full disclosure, I've seen Sticks a total of five times. And the sixth time is happening next month. So I'm basically turning into a human Trans Am. But that's not why I'm telling you the story. Those just happen to be facts within the story. On the way home from the concert, my cousin and I decided to stop at Wendy's to get 99 cent Junior Bacon Cheeseburgers because at that time, Junior Bacon Cheeseburgers were only 99 cents. And for some reason, they tasted better. Food tastes better when it costs 99 cents, not $1.89. Wendy's. Anyway, uh, we got back to my cousin's house and my cousins who were there, my cousin's siblings, told me that I was supposed to call my dad. Now, my dad was at the hospital, which wasn't unusual because every night my mom was at the hospital, he was right there with her. I said I would call him when I got home, and the only reason I hesitated to call him right away was because I was so sure he was wanting me to call him because he was mad about an assignment I had missed in a class that I was already failing, a class that I was failing because I had already ditched that class way too many times. And remember, this is 2003. Not every teenager had a cell phone. I didn't have a cell phone, and there was no way for my dad to get a hold of me and text me otherwise. So why else would your dad need you to call him at 1130 at night? Right? On a school night? He should be telling me to go to bed. Of course I was going to be in trouble. So I said I'd call him and get home, but my cousins insisted that I needed to call him right away. And I thought, oh man, I must have really messed up. So... I decided to give him a call, and when my dad got on the phone, he told me he jumped straight to the point. He told me to listen to him carefully, and that I needed to sit down. And then, like ripping off a Band-Aid, he just said, Chase, your mom passed away tonight, about ten minutes ago. And you think about that moment. I had just come home from the concert of my dreams, having a great night. And in an instant, with one sentence, the whole world changes. In that moment, that is as bitter and as devastating pain as I have ever felt. And as some of you listening may know, there is absolutely no way to prepare yourself mentally, or I'd even say physically, to get that kind of news. It's not a type of pain and anguish that goes away, quick or at all sometimes. We are just short of the 17-year mark since that happened. And to this day, I still get moments where the pain of that moment when I heard those words is still felt. And it took a good 10 years for me to really fully accept the fact that it happened. I mean, it was and has been, and oftentimes still is, a hard journey to be on. And yes, it's been dramatic because death is a dramatic thing and it's also permanent. But what about the comedy? Because this is the dramatic comedy podcast, right? I've told you about the the dramatic scene. But how do you get comedy out of this? How do you laugh at something like this? Well, don't worry. I'll tell you. And as some of you may not like this next little part because uh, it might seem inappropriate. But again, as I said in the beginning, you do not get to dictate anyone else's life or what their sense of humor should or should not be. 
Laughter does not come easy after an experience like that. But when it does, I assure you, it is very freeing to be able to laugh after feeling so much pain. To be able to laugh makes it feel lighter. I'm not even talking about laughing at the situation per se, but just finding anything to laugh at at all. To feel that freedom laughing provides from pain of something like so cruel, you know? Like at my mom's funeral, there were way more laughs than tears. The stories that were told to my mom were and still are hilarious. The fact that part of my mom's final wishes were for no one to be sad at her funeral and she just wanted everyone to stand up and do the hokey pokey and then watch it be carried out and watch the 300 people do the hokey pokey at a park, that should give you some sort of idea of how much my mom valued fun and laughter. She didn't want people to be sad. Now, at her graveside service, uh, my uncle made it a point to say loud enough for everyone to hear that the only reason she had to die right now was to make sure Grandpa didn't end up going to hell. (laughs) I don't know if that's ever an appropriate thing to say. Certainly not appropriate to say it at a graveside, but here's the thing. As soon as he said that, there were tears of laughter coming from everyone who heard it, including my grieving dad. The one person who was hurting the most that day was laughing the hardest when my uncle made that comment. In the weeks that follow my mom's death, no one knew how to talk to me or what to say. Death makes people weird. And I get it, but I also, but now that I've been through it, I, I find it funny just how weird it turns people. The worst is when someone would try and relate to me because they had a puppy or a plant die or something and they thought they could relate to my mom dying. I'm sure that those moments are sad to you when your puppy dies. I don't doubt that. But when you're trying to relate to something that you don't know anything about, you sound like an ass. Okay? My favorite thing that happened, and I still laugh about this, uh, someone had said something to me to make me laugh, and that was their purpose, and they did it perfectly, and to this day I still laugh about it. We were talking about, there's an episode of The Simpsons where Nelson the bully has Bart in a headlock, and he's laughing at him, saying, ha ha, your dad is dead, mine's just in jail. And I was talking about how that's kind of how it sounds when people were trying to relate to me, and this person said, yeah, well, if it was me, I probably would have just said, ha ha, your mom is dead, and my mom's just at home alive. (laughs) No one knows how to talk to you when you go through a loss. The reason that that's funny is because for every person who tries to comfort you in that moment by relating something that doesn't relate, that's what we hear. My mom died and yours didn't. And I don't hold that against you and I don't want your mom to die. But in the event you find or you know someone who goes through a hard loss, here's what you do. Tell them that you're sorry for your loss, that they're here for you, And then just have a normal conversation. Don't try and relate. Because you don't know how they feel. Otherwise you're going to end up laughing at, laughed at, at someone's amateur podcast 17 years later. Uh, A few years after my mom had, uh, a few, uh, a few months, it was a few months, not years. A few months after my mom had passed away, my father and I were on a plane and we were flying through a storm and it caused the plane to have some extra turbulence. And I think my dad sensed that I was having some fear because it honestly felt like that plane was going to crash. Like it really did. I don't get nervous on planes often, but 
I was actually pretty scared that that plane was going to crash in the middle of that storm. And my dad leaned over to me and said, well, don't worry. At least we might get to have breakfast with mom. I about died laughing when he said that. That one inappropriate comment, as some might say, uh, made me laugh and made me calm. And I still laugh about that because that's funny. A few years after that, I'd sent a text to my sister on what would have been my mom's 50th birthday. And I said, hey, it's mom's birthday today. To which my sister said, well, good thing she's dead because I didn't buy her shit. <laughs> like I didn't expect that from my sister, but I started laughing so hard because of how absurdly funny that is. A few years after that, I received another text from my sister. It was a poem. And she said, and I quote, Roses are red, violets are blue. My mom is dead, but hey, yours is too. And that made me laugh. And it was Mother's Day. And I responded to her, and I finished the poem. I said, but if mom were alive, what would she do? Her son's been to jail, and both her daughters have tattoos. Life has been crazy, that can't be denied. But I think at the end of the day, mom's glad she died. Those stories may seem inappropriate or offensive to some people, but those stories have been the result of a lot of healing and power given back to me and my two sisters and my dad, and we hold these stories and jokes with really a lot of value. And before anyone gets upset about the fact that we found a way to laugh in the face of pain, loss, death, just ask yourself one question. Are we talking about you're alive, mom, or our dead one? <laughs> So bad, but I don't care. People ask me, what would your mom think of these jokes? And honestly, I don't have any way of knowing, but I would assume that the woman who spent so much time in and out of hospitals and would joke about hiking up her hospital gown like a skirt a cocktail waitress at a casino would wear, and instead of going around offering chemo, would want to walk around the hospital offering chemo, as in chemotherapy, as in laughing at the treatment for cancer patients, I'm assuming the woman who could do that in the face of her own death and in the face of her own pain, I'm pretty sure she has a good enough sense of humor and understanding to understand that horrible things in life can and probably should at times be laughed at. I'm not saying you have to laugh with us at our pain, but please don't discourage us from it either. Pain sucks. It does. It's the worst. But it also happens, inevitably, in one way or another. Pain does not get cured by laughing at it. Laughter is not a cure, but it does help heal. This is the role a sense of humor has played for me, and this is what this whole podcast and this whole experiment with this is all about. To find out from guests from all walks of life who have dealt with all different types of pain, Pains of death, loss, relationships, uh, being part of uh, making choices that your family doesn't support. Whatever it is, I like to talk to people about their pain and what role a sense of humor plays for them. Because like I said, a sense of humor doesn't, it doesn't cure pain, but it does help the healing process. You can say something isn't funny all you want. Just know that it's not funny until it is. And as soon as something finds a way to be funny, the pain and the anger and the power of whatever the drama is gets compromised 
and the healing can begin. And thanks for listening to another episode of the Dramatic Comedy Podcast. A little unusual without a guest, but hopefully you took something from it today. Like I said, some exciting guests coming up. Hope you continue to listen, and we will talk to you on the next one. Just remember, it's not funny until it is. All right, guys, have a good one. Thank you.